When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Mike here, just with a message before we get started. Voting for the Season 2 Awards of Mighty Ducks Game Changers is now open. There should be a link in your show notes, so open your podcast app, look at the description, there should be a link there. You can also find the awards form at thequackattack.com. Just click this episode's link and you will see it in the description there, but go there, vote for your Best and worst moments from, you know, best hair to worst parenting moment to obviously your MVP. So we want to get your thoughts before we record our awards episode. Thanks and enjoy our interview with Luke Islam. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that dog was a cheese burger, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast buddy it's the quack attack podcast hey everybody how many face creams can one guy have i'm mike that's tommy hello everyone that's kevin hey y'all welcome to the quack attack podcast the definitive my desk podcast we are back don't want to waste any time because we have on the line our soon-to-be friend, I would say, Luke Islam. Hey, Luke, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, doing well. So, yeah, so we want to talk. Obviously, my next game changer just wrapped up, but we'll talk plenty about that. But I am curious, you know, of the big moments of the life. Were you more nervous for America's Got Talent, you know, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, you know, first day or audition, or the national anthem at the New York Giants game? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I was more nervous for the AGT audition because at that point I had never done anything in my like career yet. So it was really scary. Also Simon Cowell, like knowing he was there, like, I don't know. There's just something about that that will never not terrify me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So have you seen, like, when's the last time you watched your clip of your audition? Oh, probably, like, since summer. I know my friends like to play it here and there. Um, But, yeah, every time I watch it, I kind of realize, like, how weird it was. Like, I literally ended up on the floor crying um, after thinking that I wasn't even going to make it. So I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Is it one of those things where every time you see it, you're just like, oh, God, we're going to watch this again? Yes. Oh, it has turned into that. I mean, at first, I would not stop watching it. And now I never want to see it again. <laughs> I, I feel like your friends, did, whenever you're like walking into the room, they just got to press play and play Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. And there's like a little meme of me crying, too, that they love to send <laughs> around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just get that on your birthday cake every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So I will say, if you want to like get hit in the feels, it's a good five minute watch to watch that little audition there. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you were 12 years old at the time. Like, how did that even idea come about? How did you end up on America's Got Talent there? Okay, so it's kind of crazy. I got extremely lucky. I love Broadway and musicals. So um, I had just been going to the theater a lot. And there was this one show called Waitress where afterwards they would bring fans on stage if you know any of the songs of the show and you could sing it with the band. And which is crazy that they even had that it was awesome and I asked my mom one day if we could go to like one of the shows I put my name and I got randomly picked to go up and sing a song from the show and it was awesome and they were all so sweet and stuff and you know I didn't think anything of it I just was excited to be there and then next thing I know it's on YouTube kind of blowing up a little bit um and you know I was snarky so I was scrolling in the comments and I see that some producer from AGT comments, like asking me if I'd like to audition for the show. And you know, 12 year old me, which probably wasn't very smart, gave him my mom's phone number. And you know, it could have been fake. It really, it really, it could have been bad, but it was awesome. And he ended up being real. And um, yeah, and then from there, we kind of just, I sent in a bunch of clips of me singing and and then it the more I sang these like pop songs they were like you know we don't know if you're gonna make it because there's so many little kids who love to go on and sing pop songs but then once they were like do you have any like interests like music wise I was like I love Broadway um and then that's kind of where I got involved because that was something unique there's not a lot of musical theater music on AGT so um we decided that that's what I was going to do I was going to go on there and sing my little Broadway heart out and things ended up great so I'm happy <laughs> I feel like the, the YouTube kind of comment it could have gone in two ways for like a movie it's like a star is born yeah. or like a terrible horror movie <laughs> and so we've got a good yeah. setup for both <laughs> oh I know my parents um were very mad at first when they found out because we we all didn't know if it was real but I didn't care I was just <laughs> like I need this <laughs> yeah did it take a lot of convincing for them to actually say like yeah you can you know go on the show and do the audition uh not at all because I had previously auditioned twice um, at the open calls, like mm. I, I've always wanted to be on AGT. Um, no, never made it. Um, and I actually gave up after two tries because it's, you know, a long day, both of those times. Um, so yeah, when I, when I got that comment, I kind of didn't, you know, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like, people knew that I auditioned and wanted to rub it in my face that I definitely didn't make it, but, um, I'm glad it wasn't that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you go there, you go to the semifinals, I think. How does, was acting always something you wanted to do? How does the whole acting side come into it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 okay. So basically <laughs> after EGT, I, you know, I've always loved doing theater and I've never done TV acting, but I've always done musicals since I was like about, I think 10 was my first role. Um, but after AGT, I have a mutual friend that wanted me to meet his manager. 
And I ended up meeting with my manager, John Mara Jr. And he is the absolute best. He didn't even sign me before asking if I wanted to audition for this new pilot called The Mighty Ducks. And um, it was just, you know, supposed to be a pilot that I don't, I don't even know if they had any kids yet, but he asked me if I would just go in. I've never done TV acting before, but just to give it a try because he, they've been, they were looking for um, someone to play Coob for a while, but they couldn't find anyone that they really liked. So I ended up going in um, the day after I met him and it was just like, you know, give it a try. Didn't think anything. And then they actually said they really liked me and they wanted me to come back. I think the next day. So I came back the next day. I, you know, did the notes they gave me. And um, next thing I knew, I was off to LA screen testing uh, with two other boys that were also auditioning. And then I think about four days later, I got the call that I was going to be moving to Vancouver for a month. <laughs> and then uh, that ended up turning into moving to Vancouver again post-pandemic for four and a half months and then it's just yeah I've been acting ever since so feel free to be honest here uh were you familiar at all with the Mighty Ducks whenever he suggested uh that you I, go I love Emilio Estevez I wasn't that familiar with the Ducks I I um See, I watched the first movie in health class, which is so random, in seventh, <laughs> in seventh grade. But that was the only time I'd ever watched it. And I'm not a hockey person at all. And But the thing is, I actually heard your uh, podcast with Naveen. And it's so funny that he says that they asked him about skating because they didn't ever ask me. Like, that's what I found <laughs> so odd. I was never asked. And something I made very clear from day one was that I cannot skate. I, <laughs> I have never skated on the ice in any of the episodes. I don't know if it looks <laughs> like I am, but I am in boots. Yeah, I'm in boots and I'm doing the hand motions at certain parts, but I can't skate for my life. So I don't know how those kids do it. it it's insane. <laughs> and, and so Luke, you know, season one, Coob, very quiet he's a gamer maybe like four lines before he sings mm -hmm. what was that like for you you're obviously very charismatic did you have to tone down your audition or did you go in and like knock it out of the park like what were you kind of did you know like hey this is a quiet kid you're not really going to be you know yeah. acting uh, you know fun I see I didn't really know that he was deadpan as much as I knew he was awkward so at the audition I kind of played it like too upbeat and that was one of the biggest notes was that I had to tone it down. I had to be more deadpan because not only have I never been like that, but uh, <laughs> I also just have always done theater where you're like projecting and you're louder. Um, so it was a big change. But um, throughout the uh, pilot, I actually worked a lot on that because um he ended up being more awkward than I could have ever imagined with that first scene um so yeah throughout the first couple of episodes I kind of I I can't say that I method acted and didn't talk to anybody but <laughs> I definitely did not 
uh, on the days that we were filming, I I had to tone it down a little bit. And it was, it was weird. It was um, because I also, it was funny. It was funny that I was so different from my character, unlike everyone else uh, who I feel like is very similar to their character. So uh, yeah, it, it was a challenge, but it was fun. So. And so you sing in season one. I think we all saw it coming um, based on your, your obvious talent. Like when did that, was that like broached like early on? Was it already written in? It's like, oh, what a coincidence. I happen to be a, a, quite a singer. I'm not, no. Uh, I remember finding out from reading the script, which they sent maybe a week before. And I had never heard that that was going to happen. So when I was reading and I saw it, I was also just wondering a lot about how that works like with <laughs> rights and with recording studios and just stuff like that um so I was really shy I didn't ever really ask how it was going to work but I remember on the day that it did they told me that I was just going to sing it I never went to a studio I never professionally recorded like no I literally just stood there and sang it in front of um Nick's moms and it was it was a dream come true for me. I mean, I love to sing. So especially uh, having it be a musical theater song, I, I it was awesome and definitely random for Koob. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you know, you know. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want to back up a little bit. So like first ever TV acting audition and then all of a sudden you're flying to LA and Vancouver and things like that. What was your parents' like reaction when you start to realize like this is actually gonna happen? I don't. <laughs> I my mom, she my parents both work full time, so this was not in the agenda. My <laughs> father has always been supportive of me and acting on stage like driving locally, moving to another country is different. So it, it definitely took him, it didn't take any convincing for him to let me do the show. I mean, he's always wanted me to pursue my dreams, but it definitely was weird trying to figure out how it was gonna work um, because I had to end up staying with, I mean, I feel like majority of the time I was there, it was not with my parents. Every, like, that's why my, I feel like it was so weird my experience, I mean, all these kids have been in something. Um, and I, I have never been in anything. I, I'm with a, like a stranger. I was literally staying with a stranger that I ended up bonding with. Um, but it, it was awesome. I mean, that's kind of the fun part, I guess. Them not being there kind of gave me the real space I needed to like become the character. Um, so although, yeah, it was tricky kind of trying to arrange it all, um, it ended up working out perfectly. Um, and although my mom can't really travel with me, she's also always watching and staying up till three in the morning for that episode <laughs> to come out. So she's supportive, but she would never um, <laughs> stay with me and take me to set every day. I don't know. She's kind of <laughs> shy, so... And so you talked about a little bit about how uh, a lot of the other kids had already, you know, had careers already, you know, in the in film to this point. Uh, was there anybody in particular that you kind of like leaned on a little bit more for advice or anything like that? Um, I 
am a huge Brady Noon fan. I love Good Boys. And I actually remember even watching it in the theaters during AGT. So I immediately, I ended up bonding with him, asking him about the movie. I literally freaked out when I met him. Um, and kind of with all the kids, I it was all so staggered when we met. It was definitely weird um, the way that, you know, it was kind of, I came in later than everyone else. Everyone was already there. So everyone, I would say, was really there um, for me in terms of that. And I kind of just, I, I wasn't nervous because I had no experience, but I kind of also wanted to make it look like I knew what I was doing somewhat. So I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of tooted my own horn a little bit and was like, yeah, I've done theater. I'm, I'm in great hands. Um, so it, I, I feel like for me, I mainly talked to the director um, who was Spiller at the time. Yeah, it was Spiller, right? Oh, no, 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 no. It was Griff who was the pilot director. And I kind of talked to him a lot about how I've never done TV and just kind of how to tone it down. Also who Coop was, because when you audition for something, you're not really given a whole lot of background. So you kind of got to choose who you want him to be. Um, and I struggled with that a little bit, so. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Tommy. Well, that's interesting, you know, you know, if you're in like a, you know, a play or musical theater, a lot of it's like, this has been done a million times before. And so it's like, okay, I, I know what people do when they're playing this character. And so I want to put my own spin on it. But I also, I kind of know what is right. When you're going to this character who is just written and, and you could argue it's like been catered a little bit toward you, you know, were you nervous? Like, how can I inject my personality into this? Because I think we definitely saw that in season two. Were you like uh, working with that? Did you get to have input about Coob at all, either in season one or season two? Yeah, Um. so... Uh, season one, I didn't really have a lot of input in terms of Coob because all around I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even sure when, if or when he was going to break out of his shell. So after episode four, when I read the script and I kind of saw the change, I wanted to play him more upbeat. And the thing that I even noticed, which is is that there's a huge change between season one and season two, but like about who Coob is, but that was strictly because the the the, the don't bothers were not as vital um, of a role in season one. Like we didn't we we got upgraded, so <laughs> um, I think people just didn't really get to know him as much because I didn't. I didn't really speak a lot. So um, season two, when I had all these new lines coming in, which was um, a dream come true for me, uh, I talked to Melissa, who was our director for a couple of the episodes about what I'm supposed to do. Cause it has also, it also had been quite some time in between. She, she kind of walked me through that Koob is, he's, definitely not this awkward deadpan gamer but he's also not super comfortable with anyone besides his friends so that was actually even harder for me to 
try and do because I didn't know how big or how small to play him. Um, and then I was kind of really, really nervous about how it was going to go until I was in the rehearsal of the very first scene we shot. And I knew it was going to be great because this cast is something so special. Everyone, when we're, especially when we're reading the scenes, it's just like, it, it all comes out so naturally and we kind of play off each other. So um, it was with the help of my castmates truly about how I even got into the character. Yeah, I mean, with you talked about season one, Coob is the character is just kind of by himself and in his shell. Do they give you any heads up like, hey, season two, you're going to have a lot more lines, you're going to have more comedy, that kind of stuff? Or is that just something you see in the script? You don't know anything until you get the script, which is <laughs> so crazy because you get some surprises when you're reading these scripts. I mean, season one, you know, I found out that we were getting a season two through the media. I didn't even know. So that one, number one, I was like, oh, wow, here we go. Um, <laughs> also, I didn't know if I was being brought back. You know, it's always that. Um, and for season two, they did not tell us really anything about what was going on until we got the script. That's that's where you find out your information. So um, it was weird. It was definitely weird not knowing what was happening. And also it, they added so many new people and new storylines um, to the point where it kind of felt like a completely different show. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a little strange, like to get used to this like new vibe, but, um, it was always fun finding out through the script, uh, <laughs> like a little surprise moment. So, yeah, I think Coob has been one of our, you know, favorite sort of breakouts for season two with the <laughs> one liners and whatnot. Uh, do you, do you like work on your comedy delivery or is that just something that happens naturally? Cause you do have a, a, a few one-liners especially early on. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I've always just been trying to be funny since I was little. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I also don't like to work too much on getting a certain way of how to act unless you know as for Coop now like Coop is just like he's he he's no filter so um yeah I didn't really practice all that much I just kind of said it uh how I thought he would say it and then it was kind of the directors who would help me figure out how it was supposed to be delivered because sometimes when you're reading the script you don't really understand the full context of it so you're actually like in it so so when you um when you get you know you're ready for season two what's the process like of getting like script for episode one versus script for episode eight do you kind of know the arc of everything or are there like a lot of rewrites did you know like all right and about you know six weeks I'm gonna have to you know kill it on landslide or was this all like are you given stuff like a week notice basically you are not given anything in <laughs> so I did not know who Gertie is I did not know <laughs> you know I didn't know what this candy thing is like it's just like 
it's so exciting. It's like, we, I feel like we all can say this. It was, it was a blessing, like getting to just be surprised. And, um, and it was an ongoing joke that we would all try to get stuff out of the writers and be like, what happens in episode 10? Tell me right now, but they don't tell it. <laughs> so it, it was just a mystery the whole season, but there are like, the scripts do come out to other people before they come out to other people so you can kind of hear some rumors going around about what's happening here and there and I actually ended up finding out about landslide through one of the props team members so you know it's it's kind of like that it's like we just all go with the flow and and don't really try to try to make it into this one perfect way of how it has to be like we we do it very naturally when we don't have the scripts for like eight weeks um yeah so i, I want to talk about landslide for a second wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Hang go on. ahead can we jump into the quack question here because there sure there are tons of questions about landslide <laughs> sure so um, just to explain for luke we we do this thing called the quack question where we answer questions from the listeners and we oh, told okay cool yeah, we told them you were going to be on, so we got questions for you. So, awesome. Kevin, go ahead. All right. Uh, so this first one comes from uh, Eric Lundquist on Twitter, who's at erock3382. Uh, and the question is, did you actually know all the words to Landslide before reading the script? Kidding, maybe. <laughs> um, see, I never heard the song. I know. Oh, God. It's very bad. Um, I never heard the song. So... I was scared. I was like, I got to learn this new song. I also, Fleetwood Mac, like, this is, the whole show is a huge legacy. And now I have to live up to the par with Stevie Nicks. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. This so I was like, this is either going to be really good or really bad. But um, I, yeah, no, I didn't, I did not know. I learned the word, but. I didn't know the song. As so, as a, a quick follow on that, another another quack question. This one comes from uh, CF thirty two thirty four, I think, on Discord. Uh, uh, how many of the kids actually knew the song, and which ones had to learn the words? I guess, including yourself. I don't think anybody knew the song. We all. I mean, I don't know. We all. I love Stevie Nicks, and I've heard a bunch of Fleetwood Mac songs, but not. I don't know. Landslide. I've I've never heard that one. So I, yeah, no, nobody knew the words. Nope. Okay, thank you for confirming that. So when we did yeah. our episode review, was it episode eight um, uh, or was it nine? Nine, I think. Nine. Yeah, uh, we're just I like, mean, could you kind of tell? Like, no time out. Like, <laughs> how many like thirteen-year-olds are just like Fleetwood Mac? I know this one. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I, know. I know all the cues. <laughs> It's I like, know. that's a mom and dad song. That's like yeah. grandparents. Yeah, that's you know? actually how I even know who they are from my parents. So I was like, mom, what is this song? <laughs> on, 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 that same, uh, on that same note, uh, another question comes from uh, our, our OG Quackalite, Jared Beasley, who's uh, jbeasley777 on the, on the Discord. Uh, if you could choose a post-championship song, like we are the champions in the original Ducks, uh, what would you choose as the rally song for the Ducks? Ooh. Okay, I would probably choose Cold as Ice because that song was supposed to be in the pilot 
And I remember being like, what is that? And then I looked it up and it was so awesome, but it didn't make it in, sadly. That, that's a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> that's I a very good that one. one. Yeah. Wait, what was supposed to happen in the pilot with that song? That song was supposed to open the show. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder like, if they just couldn't get the like, rights or something. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Uh, they supposed to like drive over the ice with the Zamboni, and I think that was supposed to be playing. And then I don't know if it was originally supposed to be that like Emilio was the first person on screen. I don't remember. I think it was something like that. I wonder if like you open with like Coach T cutting Evan, and then you play that because that might. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool. that would also be good. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, one, one last quack question. We got a lot of good ones for you. Um, uh, this one comes from Cat's Fan in Ohio on the Discord. Uh, whose autograph would you actually pay $10 for? Oh, gosh. Uh, Lauren Graham. I <laughs> love, Wait, you worked with her. I love Lauren Graham. I well, she charged $15. The, <laughs> we can go outside the show, too. Yes, Oh, okay. So then, oh, uh, I have an obsession with Ariana Grande. Um, she's just like my favorite artist and she can sing circles around anyone. So her, but yeah, Lauren Graham also, because she is genuinely one of the kindest actresses and humble people I've ever met that I don't really know if you would always expect from someone at that level of fame, but um, she comes onto set so so ready and 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 just treated all the kids like she was our second mom. So love her and her work. Yeah, did you know who she was before the pilot? And you know, you started yes. working. There? Okay. Yes, I I did. So when I found out, it was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, have you been allowed to watch Bad Santa? Bad Santa. I don't think so. <laughs> so there's two things I know Lauren Grant from other than Mighty Ducks, and that's Gilmore Girls, of course, which we all know, mm. and Bad Santa, which is a uh, R-rated movie with Billy Bob Thornton and Lauren Graham. Very oh, different okay. from Very Gilmore different. Girls. Um, you know what? So, I'm going to watch this now. <laughs> with, this with parental part. supervision. Oh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> one of those movies, though, where you're just like, I wish my parents weren't here while you're watching it. Okay, so maybe it'll down. be a secret then. We'll have yeah. <laughs> And then ask Lauren Graham about uh, what it was like filming with Billy Bob Thornton in uh, okay. that great film. Season three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, we are we're coming up on time here. Tommy, Kevin, anything? Any last uh, questions for Luke? Not so much a question, but I just want to point out that uh, uh, Luke by far has the best background uh, backdrop of anybody on oh this God. panel <laughs> that we're looking at, and I think any any guest that we've ever had on. So oh, props oh, there. And and the best fingernail game that oh yeah, <laughs> but I've got my art. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's that's clearly better. So yeah, hand painted. Hmm. Oh, are you serious? Yes, it was uh weird like paint by uh, like you do like a painting oh, class. Wow. Yeah, uh, did it with my wife. Hers is hanging up in the in the attic somewhere, um, which we I don't know, want. That's to actually it. really good. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. They they tell you what to do. It's essentially paint by numbers, and you get a little bit of wine while you're doing it. So okay. Yeah, if you're old enough, it's fun. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I feel like we could ask Luke a million questions. Um, but I guess Luke, um, you know, what's next for you? What do you want to be doing? What are you going to be doing? You know, where can people find you? And you know, what do you think the next five, ten years are going to uh, bring you? Well, um, 
This is an interview. Tommy's Tommy's gonna hire you for a job, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> um I I definitely want to stick to acting as of right now. I think although I love music, I'm gonna like hold off on that a little bit till I'm like a little older. Um, but yeah, I want to act. I have a new movie coming out. I don't even know when, but uh, it's called Theater Camp and it's about theater camp. And um, you've got the oh, camp like niche. I know. I can't, I can't. <laughs> the funny thing is, I filmed that literally the week after Ducks Rap. So it was too much camp for me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that and I, I just. The, the next thing's hopefully a new project. Um, right now I'm in school, so I've been busy with that, but you know, things hopefully soon to come. You can find me all, um, all social medias at the Lucas Um, and yeah. There you go. What's, what's the hardest subject in school right now? Oof, math. Yeah. I'm in pre-calc, so it's definitely a struggle when I miss class, but <laughs> I've been trying to go. That, well, that was uh, Naveen's answer too. Yes, right? he was. He said he was trying to survive pre-calc. So, uh, oh my gosh. common issues. I, I think oh. I found the theme for season three. It's just about pre-calc. <laughs> well, see, I don't even know when they're gonna tell us if we have one or not. You know what I mean? It's always so weird because this season was very set. Like we had a set time and month that it was going to air so hopefully if the audience liked it then we're gonna we're gonna do it again and i'd love for josh and naveen to be back but i don't know how that would happen so <laughs> same same there you go uh as luke said the luke islam instagram all that kind of stuff uh social media uh obviously made us game changers you've you've watched it watch it again let's juice the numbers so we can get a season three um 13 the musical on netflix luke's in that for us the quacktech.com go there contact us at quacktechpod on twitter facebook.com slash quacktechpod go to itunes give us five stars tell us what you want to see luke in next and remember ducks fly together ducks fly together Quack a dick is back, Jack. Ooh, yeah.